0: Hi there and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast and today we are finishing out our one percent better conversation and we are talking about uh, making uh, your product one percent better i'll see you on the inside welcome to food safety university i'm dr michelle Fanensteel, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you every week. We cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the Food Safety University podcast. I am so epically excited that you have decided to join us on your journey to creating the food business that you've always dreamed of. And it is, I love, 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 love being on this journey with you because I, um, like it's my calling, (laughs) you know, I've been working with my own coach and, um, on, on why I do, um, what I do and, It is um, super important to me uh, for you guys to understand why I do what I do. And I feel like I'm, I I, I feel like I talk about this, uh, uh, like maybe a lot, uh, but maybe not, um, because there's a, a lot of what I do that's kind of maybe way behind the scenes um, and uh, way less understood, uh, um, by, by some of you. So like, you know, I mean, I have this product, Food Safety University, and today we're talking about getting 1% better on our products. Um, and, um, getting 1% better on your product is absolutely what you guys need to be doing. And I'm on that journey with you with my own products, right? So I've been working super hard on my own products. You know, we, um, I just really, up, uh, I really, were in the middle of a really big update on Food Safety University, getting all the HACCP programs in there. And um, I'm going to be this, you know, like this up Uh, Well, actually, by the time I record this, the the recordings will already be up in Food Safety University about all the HACCP plans and how to use them and the decision making I made around them. Um, And when we look at getting 1% better, that is what I'm doing, too. And being on this journey with you guys uh, from a place of... Working, working in my own business so that I can help you lead in your business is the greatest privilege ever. Because here's the deal. When your businesses are thriving and your businesses are getting 1% better, it has real measurable impacts in communities that we care about, right? I mean, my clients employ like thousands of people by now, right? And the work that I have done and the work with these clients has had impacts in thousands of people. That means it has impacts in thousands of families and new ways of thinking. All it takes is one subtle little shift and all of a sudden, somebody's doing something a little bit better and feels a whole lot better about themselves and their work and the ripple effect of that in our communities is profound and has real monetary consequences, which is why I do the work that I do, uh, right? So it is like truly, truly a gift uh, to be on this journey with you. And if you want to dive deeper, of course, you all know to go to foodsafetyuniversity.com, book a discovery call with me, and let's talk about what that looks like uh, uh, for you. Um, Okay, so this whole series that we've been talking about has been talking about getting one percent better and we've covered you know like people and process and HACCP and 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 today we're talking about product and a lot of people who I talk to assume that their product is their product uh, right and that uh, There's no point in getting 1% better at their product and, and, and doing things around the margins of their product. They either introduce completely new products or go through a complete product overhaul. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not sure that that work is necessary. Sometimes it is necessary. I, I too have gone through product overhauls, um, but they don't always look kind of, uh, the way that you think that they might look. And, when we look at getting 1% better at our product, it often means looking at the small stuff because, of course, you know it's the small stuff that leads to that leads to big changes. And when we're getting 1% better with our, our product, um, I was thinking about the easiest way for you to go about doing this. And, of course, the easiest way is to get your product to meet specification more and more and more and more, okay? This is a whole, like, I mean, good Lord, people, you can practically major in this in college. Um, <laughs> and so, but that's what we're going to be, that's what we're going to be talking about today. It Getting 1% better at your product all goes back to the specification, okay? So now, is your specification correct That's actually process. If your specification is wrong, I want you to go back and re-listen to what I covered um, in the uh, the process portion of our programming and make your specifications process better if your specs are wrong. All right. But so today we're not talking about that. I want to separate out the spec as something your business produces and your food as something your business produces and if you didn't know that your specification is actually a product of your business it is but all of that stuff we've covered under process because that's how most all y'all think about it which is totally fine okay so then if we look at your actual specification if we look at your actual product let's talk about how to get one percent better on your product okay The first thing that we look at is product identification. Okay, this is a pretty big umbrella of your product. How do people identify your product? How do different groups of people identify your product? Okay, your USDA inspector identifies your product through the lens of your HACCP plan. Your consumer identifies your product through the lens of your brand, okay, which is more than your label. It's like your story and all that good sort of stuff, okay? When we look at it from that perspective, that automatically gives us places where we can make our product 1% better, okay? We can look at the story that we are telling with that product, um, is your brand name consistent with what your product is? Um, as somebody who has suffered needlessly, maybe, um, from having a brand name, Dirgo Food Safety, that people are like, eh, what is it that you do? You know, that has transmogrified into Food Safety University, right? Which is a more identifiable and easy thing to understand, um, Having a having a brand and a product title and a brand name will energetically align your clients with the benefits and the values that your brand is going to give them, or it's going to confuse your buyers and confused buyers don't buy, okay? So... Do you need to have an honest conversation about your brand? Um, you may I've had those conversations. They can be painful. but the question is is where where are you like where who to whom are you being in service to with your brand? Are you being in service to your own ego? Are you being in service to your customer and to the food that you're creating? It is likely, you know, if you have a name that you're in love with that you have a real emotional attachment to, it may be both. <laughs> okay. So you can look at doing a uh, brand audit. And if you Google brand audit, there are lots of lots of people that will help you with brand audit and lots of checklists and things that you can find. But doing a brand audit, is that where you need to uh, need to. Take a look at and what you can get one percent better on. Telling your telling your product uh, story it's a great place to start. Your product description, okay? How are you describing your product? Can you get better at describing your product and communicating your product and your values to your people? Okay, so that's another place to go. And then when it gets down to brass tags. Uh, how about your ingredients? Can you get 1% better on your ingredients, depending on what better looks like? Okay, sometimes better looks like a more economically advantageous ingredients, so i.e. cheaper, more economically adv- advan- advantageous um, pricing, um, contracting, that sort of thing. That may be something that you can look at. But Another thing where I would recommend that you look first uh, before you try and squeeze your suppliers on price. Um, I'd uh, recommend uh, looking at um, like how you know the ingredients are what you think that they are. Uh, are your ingredients meeting specification? Do you have specs for your ingredients? Have you, you know kind of hand in hand with your approved supplier program? Are you getting the quality that you are asking for from your suppliers? And how much control over those suppliers do you have? That's one way to make a 1% improvement. Um, Another way to look at a 1% improvement is to see if you can get allergens out of your product. Um, And uh, we, of course, talk about the big eight allergens, right? But there are other things that other people are allergic to. You know, I myself am, am Uh, allergic to nightshades like I lack an enzyme to digest tomatoes and potatoes and eggplants and and, and paprika is the one that's really tough because it's in everything Um, I can't digest tomatillas so, so you know like salsas with tomatoes and green peppers all that sort of stuff totally out But one of the things that's so tough for me and for my kid, who's also allergic, one of my kids is also intolerant to nightshades, is is paprika is in everything, okay? If you have an ingredient, is it there because you made an intentional choice to create it? Um, Is there a a less... um, Inflammatory, if you want to say that, substitute for that ingredient. Uh, do you even want to? Do you even want to look at that? Uh, um, are there um, things that you want to address in your ingredients that will make it easier for your consumer base to consume? Huh? Okay, so that's another thing to look at, and allergens is a great lens through which you can take a look at that. Okay, another way to make a 1% improvement in your product is to talk to people about how to use the product, improve your customers tie to you by talking about how you enjoy your product. You know, lots of people build this out on their, on their Instagram and in their social media, um, highlighting how you use their product. There are like a ton of ways people can make 1% improvements into this um, and there are a ton of people on varying social media platforms that are doing a really good job of this. Is there a place to get um, a 1% improvement? I am not saying become a slave to the Instagram. Uh, please don't do that, uh, right. But is there a way you can draw your consumer into new and novel ways to use your product? I probably use products um, that you guys make in ways that you might not think about, right? (laughs) Like I eat a lot of coconut with my granola in lieu of dairy products. Not that I don't do dairy, but I I do. Um, but I just eat a lot of coconut and granola together, which may not be something people have thought of. Okay. So how can you get 1% better in your, um, in your, uh, directions for use, for lack of a better way, right? Is there a way to make storage easier for your customer? And that looks at like looking at packaging, okay? 1% better on your product may look like less consumer waste in your food and in your packaging, okay? We have a like a huge issue with food waste in the United States. Um, Are there things that you can do to improve shelf life or change best buy dates or um, have packaging that has a lower, like literal footprint in the refrigerator? As somebody who is feeding teenage boys, okay, um, who is constantly cycling through and trying to buy things um, that they'll actually eat that are in the neighborhood of healthy for them, navigating packaging is really really quite challenging okay some of the packaging that I have the hardest time with is the clamshell uh, salads packaging right that stuff hurts to open Uh, like I have got I think we've probably all gotten cut on those plastic edges is that foodborne illness? No. Does it hurt? Yes. Do I make do I make buying decisions? Well, I don't make the buying decisions, but I inform my husband who makes the buying decisions. Um. Hey. Uh. Can we find another brand of this because I am not wrestling with that package one more time. We've all been there, right? That's like the classic Christmas morning. Kid gets this really cool toy and it takes a half an hour with like the sharpest pair of scissors and knives in the house to try and open the damn packaging, right? That is a great way to get 1% better, all right? If you're looking at shelf life and extending shelf lives and changing that, let's have a conversation about how to do that in a way that you can still sleep at night, (laughs) okay? Another way to look at getting 1% better, all right, is looking at the serving sizes on your packaging and what story are you telling with your serving size, okay? Because serving sizes in a quest to show fewer and fewer calories in a serving size or serving sizes keep getting smaller and smaller on our packaging, well, what we actually consume keeps going up and up and up and up and up and up. I mean, there's a reason Supersize Me was a hit like 10 or 12 years ago. That has not changed. Okay. Are you serving your customer with that? And on some level, you got to meet your customer with what they're actually going to be eating. Right. Does your nutritional content actually reflect what your customers are going to be eating in your package? Or do you have a, what looks like single use package to anybody, right? That then has three servings in it. And um, we came across this with gummy bears the other day and they're, well, you know, like my limit of gummy bears is zero. Um, My kid's limit of gummy bears is the package because that's the visual cue, I understand that's better for your bottom line. Is it? Is it better for your product and your product story? And how do you know? And what? Um, how are you going to communicate your company values around how people enjoy your food? That conversation is one that probably really needs to be had in a lot of uh, in a lot of food companies. Okay. Another place to get better with your product is looking at what you are testing and how you are testing it and what you are testing for. Um, Can you ratchet down your APC counts? That'll definitely improve your shelf life. What's happening with yeasts and molds? Going on the assumption that your food is not adulterated with chicken E. coli and listeria and all of that sort of stuff. Um, And because that is, that's like table stakes, guys. We've moved past that. Getting 1% better assumes uh, that you're not actually poisoning your customers, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So one of the best ways to get 1% better is to start looking at reducing plate counts, yeasts, and molds. All right. That's a really that's a really good way to start to start looking at at 1% better in terms of your tested attributes. Okay. Another thing that you could look at in getting 1% better is your your organoleptics, right? There the big companies have like huge teams dedicated to this. I am not saying you need a huge team. Dedicated to this. I am saying what you might want to do is talk to some of your customers about the look and feel of the product itself and what is appealing and what is not appealing. Okay. I myself know that those little mozzarella balls that they sell are totally awesome for you. The fact that they come in that liquid squigs me out to I cannot even begin to tell you to the point where, like, I have a very hard time buying them. I still buy them, but I have a very hard time with it, right? And so there are things that we do so that I can avoid mozzarella water, which grosses me out, (laughs) okay? Maybe you want to do that, maybe you don't, but it's probably worth asking your best customers what they think of their product, your product. And asking them, what what would make this product even more appealing? You should probably be asking that of your customers on a fairly regular basis. You don't always have to listen to them. I'm just saying. I don't want you to lose yourself in focus groups. But I want you to ask a couple of people and see if there are any themes developing. Right? And then go make those improvements. (laughs) All right. Other people who you can ask about improvements on your product is the people who are actually getting it in a warehouse. Ask about your casing. Ask about what's what's good about how you're palleting it. What's challenging about how you're palleting it? Um, that's useful information to have about your product, right? So all of these questions are ones that you can go and you can ask. And if you go through a spec log, you know, like, so if you're in Food Safety University, go to the specifications part of um, where we have a spec program, download that and, and, and start working on your specs. If you don't have a spec, create a spec. And then I want you to come back after you've created your spec And work on making your product 1% better. But if you don't have a spec, start there. Then make your product 1% better. That's what we got for the podcast this week. I hope you guys have a week full of awesome. And I so look forward to seeing you in Food Safety University. Book a discovery call if you're not already there, guys. And I'll see you on the inside. so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, I want you to go to Darigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.